that's one of the things too. It's like, oh, my mental health doesn't affect my sport performance. No, your mental health affects your sport performance. Everyone's different. If someone's, there's some athlete, there's some athletes who will want to work out, exercise, play because playing the sport is relieving their stress or is relieving their anxiety or is relieving any emotion that they're feeling off of the field. On the other hand, there are certain athletes who feel those emotions while they're playing the sport that they're meant to be playing. So there's two different types of athletes. So I think recognizing what athlete are you talking to right now is very important. What's up, guys? Your host, founder, and creator of The Athlete Confidential, Gabby Ewing here, and you are listening to The Athlete Confidential Podcast. Yes, here we go. Here we go. Mio? Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Of this course. is exciting and really nerve-wracking. No, you're going to be honest. You're going to be super fun, I promise. Okay. okay. Miho is an athletic trainer at University of Portland. And how long have you been there? Um, I have technically been there for five years. And I also did my grad internship, grad internship there. Okay. So um, around seven-ish years. Did you do your undergrad at UP too? No. Okay. I did my undergrad at Whittier College in Southern California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And Mia's also from Hawaii. Yes. From Oahu. We love Hawaii people on this podcast. I've had a lot. Like, I mean, it makes sense because that's where I'm from. So I tend to know a lot of people from yeah. there. But yeah. Uh, what part of Oahu are you from? Um, I moved around a lot. A lot of my friends will just rag on me and say that I'm a townie. <laughs> um, I definitely went from Hawaii Kai to Kahala to Kaimaki to Alamana. Okay, you just so, like made your way. Yeah, made my way into town. Nice. So, um, shout out Hawaii Kai. People that's, are gonna that's hate. I, no, that's where I live. When I people when are gonna hate for like a year. I lived in Hawaii Kai and then I lived in Ainahaina. Okay, I mean I worked in town. Yeah, but. And it was a weird time because I was living there like during COVID. Oh, so super weird time. I I liked it actually because there was like no tourists till yeah towards the end. Yeah, when I left. Okay, so I started this new thing. How I'm going to start all my podcasts. Okay, so we're going to do a little mental health check in. Okay, how is your mental health today? Um, today my mental health is we're at a good place. Um. I feel like I just came back from a vacation um, seeing my family. And so it's kind of been really good to reset and obviously find like time to myself. I do find that like maybe later on today, my mental health will be like, you know, kind of very stressful situations. But uh, right now I'm doing really good. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Why stressful later? Just because of work. Yes, because of work. All of the students are coming back. Um, summer session is starting, so we have to clear all of you know the athletes to make sure that they are healthy and ready to go to prep for their seasons. Yeah, what does that like look like for you guys in the athletic training room? Um, so what that looks like? It's a lot. That's a really loaded question. Um, 
We send out paperwork. We get rosters. We make sure that we have their blood test results for certain tests that they need. Make sure that they get baseline tests done. Everything has to be turned in before they see the doctors. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of steps. Fun. Yeah. How many athletes do you like handle or teams? Do you? Um. So I work with women's soccer and men's tennis okay. at University of Portland. And in addition to that, I handle a lot of the scheduling and I handle a lot of the incoming athletes with their paperwork and a lot of the administrative duties. So that's a hard question to answer. Yes. Wear a lot of hats. Yes. I work with around 40 athletes because of women's soccer and men's tennis. And then we have 290 students all together that need to get their paperwork done so i originally when i started college and i entered college i thought i wanted to be an athletic trainer i i was i worked in my athletic training room in high school yeah and did like when i wasn't playing sports i was at all the sporting events Mm -hmm. doing whatever i needed to do Mm -hmm. um mostly just like making ice packs and yeah it's fun it's fun to do like athletic training when you're in high school or when you're in college i think a lot of people don't realize what we actually do so it's really nice to see that at a younger age but i don't know that it's for everyone yeah it's funny because my so my high school athletic trainer um i was really close with him but he was like he's kind of like an intimidating guy he's like really serious yeah and he would literally always tell me like you you don't want to do this. I don't know why you keep showing up. Like, why do you? <laughs> like, yeah, this is, I can see that. And uh, I never, I was like, no, this is like, I love it. It's so fun. I get to yeah. hang out with all the athletes and talk to everyone. But like, so it's more of like, with them. I was their friend. Like, of yes. course, I had a good time. Uh, and then I got to college and I spent some time in the athletic training room and like, started to quickly realize like, mm, this is not for me. Yeah. It's a very different world in athletic training. Mm-hmm. People see like the glitz and glam of hanging out with the athletes, but in reality, there's so many layers to it. And I'm excited to yeah. talk more about it. Yeah. But wait, how are you doing? Let's do a mental check in with you. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I, I'm good. I'm a little tired today. Uh huh. I don't know why I woke up and I was just like, did not want to get out of bed. But other than that, I'm like pretty good. I, yeah, I'm like about to start a new position in July. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Uh, and so I've just been like doing all my paperwork for that. And we've got like, I'm doing some traveling for work, which is fun. So I've been just getting excited for that. July is going to be a really busy month for me in general. Starting a new job, I'm going on a trip before that job starts. My brother's going to town. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing myself a grad party and that's exciting yeah i'm trying to think what i think that's it but it's still like a lot of moving pieces for july and then obviously keeping up with this still yeah hopefully yeah it's everything you can do it you can totally do it yeah Yeah. but um it's all like good things that i'm looking forward to so i think that's why i'm like i'm like in a good place yeah yeah for sure one more question before we get into things just a fun one Mm -hmm. what song is currently stuck in your head right now do you listen to house music not really. <laughs> okay, this is this is a plot twist because not everyone I listen to like R&B, hip hop. Yeah, okay. Like that's my thing. But Peggy Goo, should I play it for you? Yeah, 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 play it for me. 
Um, she just dropped a summer single, and this song is stuck in my head. Slash, it's been on my playlist a lot. It's chill. I can. T- I've heard some house music that I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this. It's really chill. No, not a lot of words. Just put it right up to the mic. Vibes. Oh, this would be a good like, like morning, like mm-hmm. right after I had some coffee in me. This is start more, doing some chores. Yeah, this is more like we are outside. It's the summer. We're enjoying the sun. It's a good summer vibe. Yeah, I could get down to this. It's really the chorus or the the drop. It's not for everyone, but this is what's stuck in my head. So I, I like thought of that question yesterday and I was like, that would be such an interesting question to ask people because it kind of gives you like an insight to like where they're at right now in their life, like where yeah. the head's at. Which, which that is a huge like plot twist because I'm like so R- I was like ripping R&B outside <laughs> on my way here. But that song is stuck in my head. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like it's it. different. It is different. I like it. That was a great way to start the podcast. Honestly, I think that's my best intro so far. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm here for, to change things up. Yes, yes. I love it. Make your perspective change a little bit. Good. I like it. Uh, Okay, so now, directing us back, how, like, what role does sport play in your life? Like, did you grow up playing sports or? Yes. So ever since I came out of the womb, I did swimming. Okay. So started with mommy daughter swimming lessons, did competitive swimming. School came around. I wanted to be around my friends more. So I played basketball. Then my junior, senior year in high school, a couple of my really close friends were like, hey, do you want to play softball? So I added softball to my little list of sports. But throughout high school, I played multiple sports and played basketball at Whittier. Okay. And then when you entered college, did you know you wanted to be an athletic trainer? No. When I went to college, I chose that college for different reasons. And then I also left college not knowing what I wanted to do. I didn't know I wanted to actually do athletic training or actually follow through with that Mm -hmm. until after I graduated. And it was like during my gap year a little bit. How did that come to you? Did you just like miss sport and you want to stick with it? Um, During college, I worked in the athletic training room. Okay. Um, It was like a nice social avenue. It was a nice way to just like stay involved and do something. So I had work study hours and I also had volunteer hours um, for potentially physical therapy school. Um, Then I went home. And I was taking extra classes and I just started applying to PT and AT schools. Ended up getting into athletic training and was like, okay, well, this is a school that I got into. I'm like really good at, you know, doing some of the basic athletic training things. So I might as well just go to grad school. And so I went to Pacific University, go boxers. Go boxers. (laughs) To get my master's in athletic training. Okay. Yeah. 
Did you always know that you wanted to work in sport or like it kind of just seems like you were just like kind of going along with it like yes. whatever happens it, happens. Yeah. I'm very much so like a go with the flow whatever happens happens. Um like I am a control freak. I am very much so like an extra person okay. in general, but as far as like what to do with my life, you're flexible. A very. So do you think you'll be athletic training for the rest of your life? Um, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people ask me that question. And I'm always saying I don't know. Okay. I just got my MBA at UP. Congrats. Through, thank you. Through my tuition remission. Um, so I feel like that's another avenue that I can use to do something else. I just don't feel like athletic training when you're like, you know, 50, 60, like that's the lifestyle that I want to do. Yeah, I think that's fair. So my answer is I don't know. That's how I like to live my life. I always tell people like I'm just I'm open to opportunities. Yeah. So I say wherever the next opportunity takes me. Great. Yeah. And you kind of I feel like for me anyway, mm-hmm. I just know like pretty much right away like if there's an opportunity presented to me like if it sits right with me and it's something i want to pursue or if i'm like no like i have like a gut reaction of like yes or no like pretty and i'm pretty like impulsive and i just like mm. make a decision pretty quickly i do make a decision pretty quickly but i think i think i'm i don't know that i would say impulsive but i definitely plan ahead yeah with enough information right yeah and i'm like okay it's it's like you do this or you don't you have to move on and you have to make a decision great i like it yeah i I think the same way well because yeah i am impulsive but i could never be that person that those people just pack up their life and move across the country with yet or like nowhere to live no job i'm just like i can't how does psychopath does that i can't do that yeah no same i can't do that but i will definitely have a plan and make i don't know if it's like make it seem like i don't have a plan but it's like pretty low-key until i make my decision like no one really knew yeah that, i think that's a good way to live life because you don't want to go back and be like oh yeah never mind it work out yeah that's like not worst. a lot of people knew that i was getting my mba through work and then i got it and then i was like okay like now i can move on and i did it for myself so if you could do anything Money wasn't an issue. Education wasn't an issue. What would you do? What was what would be the dream job? Dream job. <laughs> based on my skill set. No, not even based on your skill set. Just like literally anything. Like I'm What's not. Dream I'm job? not a musician, but like I could say, oh, I want to be a drummer. I don't know how to play the drums, but that's my dream job. Um. My dream job would be to show all of the great places in Japan to people. Ooh, like a travel like guide. Like a travel guide, but maybe in like a, I don't have to travel with them. I just show them. Like, okay. This is your itinerary. This is where you should go. Like like a social media, like an Instagram. Maybe. Guide. Yeah. Person. And maybe like an online travel agent okay person okay yeah i like it that or like a 
translator for an athlete. Okay. Very different. Yeah, those are true. <laughs> different. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Sweet. I don't think I've ever thought about that. Most people don't. Because it's not really, it's not realistic. Yeah. Everyone's dream job is like, okay, when I say dream job, I literally think about something completely illogical. You know, like I think when people say dream job, they think, oh, like, where do I want to be in 10 years? Like, no, I'm not asking you that. I'm literally like, there was no restrictions. You could, yeah, do anything. Yeah. That's hard. There's so many things to do. Like, I don't, I don't, mine changes like every few weeks, probably. Dream job. Travel the world. Pretty much it. Maybe not dream job. That's just like, how I want to live life. I want to like learn about everyone's culture, but I also want to like show what my culture is all about. You could be like, um, not a filmmaker, but like you could hire like a film crew to follow you and you just show them. <laughs> my life is not that interesting. <laughs> no, but like, you know, people, people do that. They're just like travel the world and create like films or documentaries yeah, or whatever. That's true. That's true. But something maybe something to do with Japan because I'm, you know, obviously Japanese and obsessed with that yeah. stuff. So Okay. Well, uh I don't even know where we were going with any of that. This happens to be a lot to get very sidetracked. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so athletic training, you you're also like uh big into mental health. Yeah. Yes. I am. I've seen you post about it mm-hmm. on Instagram. That's like kind of why I reached out to you because you're in the the athletic space. Mm-hmm. You're obviously, you've been an athlete and you're also big into mental health. Mm-hmm. So how, like what has your journey been to like getting to where you are with mental health? What's your connection relationship with it? Um, I would say that my connection is... More so from an athletic trainer to an athlete friend. I feel like I've had to learn skills to help athletes during either their mental health crises or just during a sport performance aspect and where their mental well-being is. Um, it, I would also say like during COVID mental health became obviously a very largely talked about topic. And so that obviously brought it up to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like it, we have had unfortunate tragedies and some unfortunate things happen in athletics that it's kind of put me in a position as an athletic trainer being someone who's close to an athlete to need to learn like what can we do to help these athletes and so that's the space that I'm in right now I think that's great because I'm assuming in athletic training school they don't teach you like the skills yeah mental like i don't deal with it yeah um it's probably like one chapter i honestly don't think i remember mental health in school 
but I'm not going to put it past them that it was like in the education somewhere. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably have to say that I learned more about me- mental health through my friends um, who are in the mental health industry. I don't even know if industry is the right word, but um, I've learned from my friends. I've learned from social media. I've learned post-grad just doing things on my own, just doing the research on my own and just hearing what other people say is successful with them Mm -hmm. and just kind of choosing which works for me. Okay. Do you feel like your colleagues share the same mindset as you? Do they approach it the same way, implement it? No. Um, Every athletic trainer is different. Um, Every athletic trainer has their own philosophy. Mm -hmm. Every athletic trainer has their own relationship, their own boundaries. Um, So, no. We don't have the same approach. I would say that every single person is unique and like what works for them works for them. Mm -hmm. So, okay. This is something I've talked about with a lot of people. Like whose responsibility is it to help athletes with their mental health? Right. Like, does that fall on their sports coach? Does it fall on like the performance athletic trainers? Does the school need to hire counseling for that? You know, like, Mm -hmm. is it their parents? Is it something they need to seek on their own? Who, like whose responsibility is it there's no like really right answer not yeah. right now anyway yeah and so why do you feel like that responsibility has fallen onto you a bit um like you're saying there the responsibility does not fall on any particular person right now i think it is something that an athlete or a person needs to take ownership of Mental health is also, on the other side of it, isn't something that you can control. So you never really know when, you know, it'll affect you as a person. So, um, yes, the school needs to have mental health resources for all of its student body. Um, If there's a crisis, then there's mental health crisis hotlines that like like these athletes or just students people can call mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time it falls on me because I fall in the gray area of I am not an authority figure I'm not a coach I don't control their playing time and I'm just someone someone that they're comfortable coming to Mm-hmm. on the other side i'm also not their parent um in some regard you know as long as it's not in self-harm if they tell me that they don't want me to share this information i don't necessarily need to share mm-hmm. information i'm kind of a vault so that's kind of why i feel like i have a lot of responsibility with my athletes mental health how do you create like a space to them that feels like oh i can i can come and talk to me about these things mm-hmm. um versus maybe some of your colleagues yeah um i pride myself um for being someone who is 
very open and um, someone who is very personable. I feel like I get along with a lot of different personalities. Um, I am an extrovert, so that is probably helpful. Um, And maybe just... I feel like I always ask someone, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Um, And so I really pride myself in my one-on-one relationships with people and athletes. So it might just be my personality. Mm -hmm. You know, like some people might see that. Or it might just be because I asked, how are you doing at the right time? Yeah. So there's, is there anything like, you are consciously like putting an effort into doing like, I don't know, any sort of practices or yeah, like that with your athletes. With the athletes that I work with one-on-one, again, that's hard. Like going back to what I was telling you earlier. Yes, I have the women's soccer team. Yes, I have the men's tennis team. But I've also done this with athletes who are across other teams as well. It just really depends on if there's some sort of bond there. Um, But with my athletes, I have check-ins. I have mental health check-ins. It can go as short as five minutes and it can go as long as, you know, an hour, two hours. It just really depends on what that person needs that day. Um, Specifically, if they are a long-term rehab athlete, so someone who won't be returning that season or someone who takes a really long time to return to their playing, um, I have weekly check-ins with them it's not mandatory but it i paint a picture that it's something that they should be doing um so i have weekly check-ins with them again it can be as short as five minutes it can be as long as an hour it depends on how their week went how their day went what they need from me Mm -hmm. um besides that i'm very vocal about mental health being important um i reassure my student athletes that it's normal that you speak with a mental health specialist um even when you're having good days um it's not only a resource when you're having like the not so good days and just kind of making sure that they realize and recognize that there are other people dealing with their own issues or their own days but everyone goes through something, whether good or not good. I really like that you point out that even when they're doing okay, they should mm-hmm. still be keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. Because that's something like personally I struggle with is like I tend to fall off of maybe some habits and practices that I like to keep when maybe I'm not feeling so good. Mm-hmm. And then when I am feeling good, I'm like, ah, I'm fine. I don't mm-hmm. need to do that. But like, no, to, like you need to be consistent with it because. Mm-hmm. If you once you stop, then it like goes back. Down. Yeah, it's decline. Yeah, it's like trying to stay in a good place for as long as you can. Yeah, and like you know, I think that's where the 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 person's eldership needs to come in. Sometimes when people have their not so good days, you know, they they sit in front of me and they're saying like, "Oh, I should have, I should have, you know, continued my appointments, or I should have continued my therapy." Um, outside of just like checking in with you i'm like yeah you probably should have but you know you're like here now and we can handle it 
And so it's just like a little reminder of like what you can do moving forward and then what we can do right now. Yeah. Plus too, like it when you're in college, like that age is such like a weird age. Like you, you're mm-hmm. really figuring out like who you are and part of it is like almost like oh i want to be cool like i don't yeah talk about my feelings because mm-hmm. i mean that's how i feel and so i think it's great that you're creating a space that is open like hey i try to or, i try to yeah. whether you want to or not like because i feel like when i was an athlete i didn't even really have that option mm-hmm. if that option was there would i have taken it i, I don't I have no idea mm-hmm. but i don't there's no one that i can think of in my athletic career specifically when i was in college where mm-hmm. i could be like hey like can we talk about yeah this yeah i would say that when we were going to college mental health was mental health has always been a thing it's just it wasn't in the public eye Mm -hmm. yeah and again like when i was going to athletic training school which is obviously after college um we only learned like a chapter so i don't know that all athletic trainers are equipped right or comfortable right and that's fine mm-hmm. you don't have to be comfortable with it i think you know there's qpr training like there's certain training that you can do as an athletic trainer but not everyone needs to do it because if you don't feel comfortable as a practitioner then you just need to find a resource or a way to handle certain situations and then like pass that task on mm-hmm. to someone else do you have other people pass things to you I have had athletes who are part of other teams come to me because I had that bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say no, because each mental health case is different, I would say. And in a sense, like, it's not like I have that title of like, oh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at what point person, do you feel like it's out of your scope of practice? Um, I'll say I'll say this. Every single mental health issue or mental health problem, whatever you want to call it, is all out of my school of practice. It this is a hard question to answer because partly it is a part of my scope of practice in the sense of like, can I recognize it? Mm-hmm. But treating it and being the therapist. That's not what I was equipped for. That's just a personal interest Mm -hmm. that I've taken. And that's just a personal philosophy that I've been able to like keep building. And so I feel like. Yeah, that's a really hard question to answer. Yeah, I think it's important to point out, though, because there is, like you said, like a gray area Mm -hmm. with mental health specifically Mm -hmm. because every athlete is different every case is different yeah everyone needs something different sometimes all you need is just like someone like you like i just need to talk about it yeah sometimes i'm a sounding board sometimes people come in they throw word garbage at me and i'm like okay like tell me more or tell me less and then they're out the door in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then some people, they really just need to come in and just like let all their emotion out and we need to talk through them. And then, you know, we talk about, okay, let's give us a short-term goal, long-term goal. And then what's the solution for the rest of the week 
for your mental health specifically. So like everyone's different Mm -hmm. and it's not within my scope of practice, but because I've had certain experiences with this job, I feel like I can handle certain situations. Yeah. And that's fair. I think that makes sense. Did when you were an athlete, did you ever go through anything um, that you feel like you can relate to your athletes now about it? Yes. I've gone through a physical injury. Um, I've gone through losing a close friend. So yes, I feel like I have certain experiences that do help me relate to the athletes and they feel comfortable with it. What was your way to like cope with it back then? I've always thought that I had like a very strong brain as in like I have been able to handle my own mental health like pretty well, pretty even keel. Like obviously my personality can be dramatic, you know, or it can be calm. I feel like I have a good awareness to where my mental health is, but I feel like where my mental health was the most affected was a couple years ago, uh, pretty recent, I would say. Like that was where I hit maybe like my lowest capacity for my my own mental health. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of session, like therapy sessions and just understanding and like learning, relearning who I am as a person. Um, but as an athlete, I feel like when I, when I lost my friend in college, it was at the end of the year, I grieved and then I kind of had to like move on. I don't think I necessarily had like the the proper medical help Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, but I think that goes back to like me thinking that I had like a solid brain you know, like, I don't, didn't really think I needed to talk to anyone at that point. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people will feel like, oh, I can handle it on my own. Or yeah, they're just, I don't want to say embarrassed, but just there's something about like asking someone for help that is just so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, it makes you feel like, oh, I, I'm like too weak to handle this on my own, which is not true. That's yeah. not how it should be yeah. viewed. But I think that's how a lot of people will like take it yeah. on themselves. And that's just like not how it actually is. Like asking right. for help is like what you should do. Right. It's totally okay. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I think I just, I don't think I ever really hit my lowest capacity of mental health until like recently mm-hmm. you know when sharing a bit about um uh, i don't know when it was uh maybe 2021 ish like i had just gotten out of a relationship that you know i was extremely sad and like depressed about and then work was extremely stressful because i had taken on this covid role and so the label that i was given or the label that I thought was given to me was like, you know, I'm the COVID police. And so someone who is very prideful and having great relationships with athletes like that, that affected me 
a lot because now they're looking at me like like you're the bad guy yes um and i yes in some cases like i i really had to be the bad guy um because we didn't know anything about covid so i really had to you know handle covid with every single piece of information that we had and sometimes it was faster to get the information and sometimes it took a really long time for us to understand what was going on um so i would say that that's kind of where things started to become like pretty low for me i think the only thing that kept me moving was having to be able to support myself financially like i have i have to go to work i have to make money in order to support myself to continue to live here like that's maybe the only thing that like kept me pushing yeah well well thank goodness for that yeah and so then what did you do to move forward i started to like not go to things i started to like not see my friends so i think what i don't really know like what specifically was but it, it, it was just more so like a telling my friends that like hey i was having a tough time mm-hmm. you had mentioned that baron um was on here mm-hmm. um baron and i are really good friends like i'm really good friends with him and his sister during covid i think he shared his story he did yeah let me just plug that real quick okay if you guys haven't listened to that episode baron Raposo redefining masculinity yes so then you have some context for what miho is about to share yes so baron had gone through a certain situation you know his situation in that moment i became that friend that athletic trainer that kind of support to make sure that he was okay you know how he was explaining to you that he was like feeling heavy and just you know i don't want to share his story but he was feeling a certain way and when I saw him in this space and when I saw him speaking up and opening up about his situation, it, I think, opened my eyes to realizing that I, too, was going through something. It took months after him opening up, obviously, to, like, social media and to, like, his friends as well. But I think that kind of slowly triggered that I was going through something, too. I'm really glad that that has come up through this because that is exactly why I started this, the Athlete mm-hmm. Confidential, is just to get people talking about it and yeah. hearing other people that you can relate to and just realize like, one, I'm I'm not alone in how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And being able to reflect off of someone else, like, can I see myself through them? Mm-hmm. Is that something that I'm feeling too? Mm-hmm. And how have they dealt with it? And if they are have the courage and like the bravery to talk about it maybe i don't want to talk about it so openly and publicly but i can tell someone yeah i can seek help yeah while i am not happy that both of you went through that yeah i am happy that you guys were able to not bond maybe maybe you guys bonded i don't know i don't know either i mean it's it was just i think for me if you are one of my close friends if you're one of my best friends i will always be there if you call me in some sort of crisis or like a problem i'll pick up and i'll help you find the solution like regardless of if i haven't talked to you in like years right have i called you a best friend have i called you family like then you can call me whenever you want Mm -hmm. do you need a ride do you need me to pick you up at 3 a.m i'll do that like 
my friend my friends who have become you know my closest and my best friends and my family they mean the world to me mm-hmm. so yeah we all need to be home <laughs> in our lives. and honestly i think we a lot of us do have that we just don't like sometimes we don't even know that we have that mm-hmm. uh like for me one of my best friends i've known her since i was like five years old one of the first times that i ever like called a friend when i was like going through something was her and i didn't i didn't even know like why i was calling her i was just like i know i feel like shit so i'm just gonna call her and like see what's up immediately started crying yeah it's like her being like hey like are you okay and i was just like yeah bawling tears i didn't even know how she was gonna handle the situation and she yeah it so well and i was like oh my gosh like okay i can talk to like my friends about this stuff. yeah something like that happened post covid too i flew to japan after three years of not being able to like see my family immediately when i got to the house total tears like total rush and before then i probably would have been that person that was like i literally don't cry Mm -hmm. like that's not me Mm -hmm. but then being in front of the house being in the house smelling these certain smells everything just hit i have like chicken skin i don't know why yeah going back to baron like that's when i like texted baron and nikki and i was like this is what all that i'm feeling this is how i'm feeling um and at that point, like a lot of my friends knew about like what happened in my relationship. A lot of my friends knew about um, what I was dealing with. But that's when I was like, oh, I want to share this on social media. So I just like wrote something and then posted it. And then a lot of people related to it. Yeah. I think it's just we need people like that to share. Not everyone's going to want to do it. And that's fine. You don't have to. But we need people that are willing to. Yeah. Because we need to normalize it a bit more. Like, we need to be able to just, like, talk to our friends about it casually and not mm-hmm. have to, like, have so much anxiety about just, like, talking about our feelings. Yeah. Like, and it's so hard. I get it. Because I, I grew up, like, kind of the same, like, never cried. Like, almost prided myself on being so yeah. I didn't cry. Like, I know. Like, bragged about it. Like, oh, I never cry. Like, okay, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, now I cry all the time and then I brag about that. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, like, just be, I was like such a vault for so long, like you said. And it's like, why? Like, wh- what is the point of that? It doesn't, didn't help me. Yeah. I think in COVID, because I had to be the person for every single person mm-hmm. and I had to be this strict person. I had to be you know so many labels that at a certain point i started seeping out like that's what you know i was like telling my friends like hey like this has been going on this isn't this and then when i got home that's when i was like holy shit like i really can't go like three years without seeing my family and my mom you know yeah yeah so it was just like a lot of emotion i think that came with going home yeah. to Japan. So going back to athletic training a little mm-hmm. bit, what are maybe some stigmas or misconceptions about like the relationship between mental health and athletic training or like mental health amongst athletes that you might want to debunk for us? I can share some of the stigmas that some athletes think are there. Yes, please. Um, 
when you're feeling down or sad, that is not a mental health issue. Um, some other things are like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like playing soccer, but I'm going to keep going to practice or I'm going to keep playing in games because I don't want to potentially lose my spot on the roster. I don't want to tell my coach that I'm struggling right now because then he'll take me out of the lineup. And all of those sayings are just, I think, misconceptions of how how we handle mental health right now. Coaches are humans too. They also see what's going on with the mental health. They understand that mental health is now extremely important to bring up and to address. So if you're an athlete, if you're a person who's doing something for their mental health and you reach a point where you're like, I cannot perform, it's okay to tell us like, hey, I'm in a position where I don't think that I can perform because my mental health will continue to be oh, like bad. Letting them know that it's not going to be like their scholarship's not going to get taken away yeah. or, I mean, it's, you might lose your spot. It, it's, yeah, it's not really like hard. Mental health is way more important than a roster spot. Like Correct. way more. Correct. I think that's one of the things too. It's like, oh, my mental health doesn't affect my sport performance. No, your mental health affects your sport performance. Everyone's different. If someone's, there's some athlete, there's some athletes who will want to work out, exercise, play because playing the sport is relieving their stress or is relieving their anxiety or is relieving any emotion that they're feeling off of the field. On the other hand, there are certain athletes who feel those emotions while they're playing the sport that they're meant to be playing. So there's two different types of athletes. So I think recognizing what athlete are you talking to right now is very important. So how do you kind of like find this balance between pushing your athletes to perform at their best, mm -hmm. but also being mindful of what might be going on behind the scenes? Um, my role is to make sure that someone's health and well-being is at its best in order for that athlete to perform in the sport that they're here for. I'm not a coach. I'm not a sport performance coach. So I'm not in a position to be pushing athletes in their performance setting. Um, I'm just in a position to make sure that they are working and feeling like they're 100% during their rehab process, during their prevention process, and kind of like holistically like as a person, are they capable of participating in the sport that they're here for? So I feel like in a sense, I don't do that. I don't push an athlete to perform at their highest. Um I just help an athlete recognize 
like where they are mentally and that I, you know, provide certain return to play processes so that they can become like baseline level athletes first. Like it's that that's a really hard question because I'm like, I'm not really a coach. Yeah. Like that's not my focus. But I think you answered that very well, as you have most of my <laughs> my hard questions, as you say. I I uh I think you're very thoughtful in what you say and making sure that you're not crossing any lines, I guess. Because I think like in the sports industry specifically, like sports coach, performance coach athletic trainer you guys kind of like all work together yeah um but knowing where you fit in Mm -hmm. to like best support the athletes is really important yeah because there are some people that will cross lines and boundaries yeah and shouldn't uh and i didn't think that you were that type of person um from little that i knew about you but uh yeah just thinking that you're just very thoughtful in how you decide to answer mm. and handle certain situations which is very important <laughs> thank you yeah okay so that's like really all i have like you answered so well um we covered a lot have we really yeah we've been talking for like an hour no way yeah see i told you you would totally forget and you would be fine. You wouldn't be nervous anymore. Wow. I know. That's usually... I That's guess. amazing. Yeah. I'm just really good at my job. So. Good job. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> oh, I actually have another question. If there, if there's like maybe some other athletic trainers that listen to this podcast mm-hmm. and maybe they're not super comfortable with like the mental health space yet, but mm-hmm. they're interested in it. They mm-hmm. want to be able to support their athletes better. What advice would you give to them? What advice? I would have to say, if you're not comfortable with a certain situation, don't pretend like you are comfortable with it. I think first and foremost, as an athletic trainer, creating a space for an athlete to at least come in and be open about how they're doing is really important. Mental health is just as significant as any sort of physical injury that we see so are you the type of athletic trainer that an athlete can come in and say like oh i tweaked my big toe it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. like being a practitioner who is open to anything and then finding the right resources for that specific individual i would say keep learning i'm always on social media learning about other people's philosophies and how other people handle the situation it's not always something that i will do but i'll at least have that in my back pocket of knowledge um and then as athletic traders we're in the healthcare you know so we're in the healthcare system so talk to your friends who are mental health specialists ask them about a certain situation how to handle that situation. Like I talked to one of my friends who is a mental health resource and she helps me through certain situations. She doesn't have to, she doesn't have to tell me, but I think maybe that's a situation where I was uncomfortable or I just didn't know how to handle it. And I asked her 
I was like, hey, this is the situation. Is there something that I could say to help? Is there something that I can do to help? So just knowing that, again, even in our profession, like you are not alone. You have these resources and like you can give yourself some knowledge in the process. Such sound advice. Thanks. Great. Okay. That almost concludes all of my questions. I, I'll, I'll end with something. But before that, anything else I don't like to share with the world? I don't think so. Are all your questions answered? How do you feel? Yeah. I feel like that was very informative, very authentic. I think you're like open about yourself. I think you're going to educate some people. Yeah. I hope so because mental health matters. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And also, like, I've not had an athletic trainer on my podcast or really before. Yeah. So you're bringing a whole new perspective, which I think is really important. Man, I don't look like a lot of athletic trainers. No, you don't. Some people are going to be shook. Yeah. But I think it's good. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about that. But really, why? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not the typical athletic trainer. So it's more so my own personal, you know, mm-hmm. anxiety about it. I think it's more so like, oh, she's an athletic trainer. Huh. So don't judge person by how they look yeah like as long as you know that you're good at your job oh yeah matters. yeah but i do right, you don't look like a typical yeah athletic trainer you're like yes young <laughs> and fashionable and really cool i'm getting older now so someone else needs to take my place i'm ready to retire i still look young thanks so thank yeah. you i guess that's what matters but Okay, so this is how I like to wrap up. Okay. Can you give us a positive affirmation for yourself? For myself? Um, okay. I am smart. I'm beautiful. And I'm able to do anything and everything that I want to. And things happen for a reason. Period. Done. Done. Okay, I love it. Well, yeah. you know, thank you so much. If anyone is interested in finding out more about you, uh-huh. where can they find you, connect with you? Um, right now they can connect with me through my Instagram. Um, Miho, la la la. <laughs> I can confirm quality content. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's not very curated content. It's just instagram algorithm is really weird so i'm just on a roll with posting whatever i want right now um instagram i work at university of portland so my email is on the website and if you're really not able to find my information through you i guess yeah i'll place it all all right okay that's it Thank you for um, allowing to me uh, allowing me to be on the podcast. Thank you for coming. This is great. Yeah, that. Cheers again. Woo! Well, you guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you don't already, please go follow us on Instagram 
at the athlete confidential and i look forward to speaking to you guys soon remember we are all humans first and athletes second see ya